Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Kelly Chard, the founder of the specialist health accounting firm called GrowthMD. Kelly's become one of the most sought after taxation and business advisors to medical practices in Australia. She's a member of the Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand and a fellow of the Tax Institute of Australia. Throughout her 18-year career, Kelly's clients have ranged from small startups through to large ASX-listed companies. Kelly was recently named Innovator of the Year at the Australian Women in Finance Awards and GrowthMD was named in the top 10 most innovative accounting firms in Australia for their work in providing digital finance solutions to health practices. Hey Kelly, how are you going? Hi Pete, I'm great. How are you? Really good and great to have you on the show and talk about the numbers in healthcare and everything that you do. So it's great to get amongst it and learn a bit more. So Kelly, let's kick things off. Tell us about you firstly, what's your background? Well, I'm a chartered accountant, which I think most people would know if they know of me. I'm the founder of my firm, as you mentioned, which is GrowthMD, which has been going for a couple of years now. But previous to GrowthMD, I worked in some big accounting firms in Australia for almost 18 or just over 18 years now, which seems like a really long time. (laughs) Um, But it's probably really been the last five years that I've really kicked it up a gear. And my kids are in school now, my three boys, and um, really focused on on what we're doing now at GrowthMD. So that's essentially me. Pete. That's you. That's you. And then what about Growth MD? Tell us a little bit more about what that is and who Growth MD is for and what problem does it solve? Yeah, sure. So uh, as I said, Growth MD has kicked over a couple of years now. We work with health practices, medical centers, allied health, a little bit, dental practices. And we essentially started Growth MD off the back of... Uh, A couple of years ago, I was not loving my role in a larger accounting firm. When you're a a director or a sort of a principal in a bigger accounting firm, you're really hamstrung by um, the pricing structure of that firm, about Mm. the time you get to spend with your clients. So I just wanted to do it differently and and my own way, less for self-indulgent reasons and more for just, I love working with clients and businesses and really knowing my clients Mm. and being there for them. So we started GrowthMD as something quite small, which I had a handful of medical practices that had followed me from other roles. And then it sort of just caught on the word of mouth and and we're, um, we've been really busy. So it's been going really great. And we'll probably have to slow down a little bit at some stage because <laughs> we've had quite a busy couple of years. <laughs> oh, well, that's probably a good sign. So that's really good. And you talked a little bit about health and with the name, obviously quite focused within healthcare, but I've seen you also play a few roles on boards and, and have advisory roles within health tech startups as well. So you've got a fairly broad focus, a broad but specific focus in healthcare. Tell us a little bit more about that. I guess another reason that we started GrowthMD was advice to health practices in digitizing, in streamlining workflows and using new types of tech. It was pretty uh, hopeless, I I guess, from a lot of accountants or business advisors. And, you know, I'm sure there is a, a few good ones out there, but as I guess a general rule, the advice wasn't great which sort of tails into when you're in a bigger accounting firm or many accounting firms, the billing model is that you bill 
every six minutes. So the traditional billing model is that you charge for your time. Hmm. So it's almost counterintuitive to be working with your clients on streamlining, automating, digitizing hmm. and creating efficiencies when you're billing on time, which hmm. obviously we don't bill on time at GrowthMD. So there was that side of it that I've always been interested in, that sort of tech side as far as financial processes are concerned. And once I got to know more people in the health space and just the interesting things that they were doing, I just I just loved hearing about it and talking to people about it and having conversations about what people were doing. And I'm definitely not a techie person. So I was just telling you before, Pete, that my um, 13-year-old lent me his gaming microphone to do this podcast interview and I couldn't even get it to work. <laughs> it looked like a sick <laughs> microphone though, so pass that on. <laughs> But I am very enthusiastic about supporting people that are trying to do great things in creating efficiencies and making life easier for people. So that's why I joined the board of Cubico and um, I'm working with Wellio and Wico at the moment and Mm. they're just doing really great things and I just love it. And and then I think too, there's two types of accountants. So you can either be that compliance type of accountant where you do the tax returns, lodge the basses. Or you can be that other type of accountant, which is more like a business advisor, where you really understand the drivers in a business and what's going to create a sustainable business. And I see health tech as being part of that for health practices. So I feel like it's sort of my job to know a little bit about what's out there and what people can be doing to create a better business. It sounds like a good marriaging of the two bits, but also not coming across as overly like not pushing the tech for tech's sake, but finding, mm. you know, the right reasons to use them and having the demonstrated skills in that as well, experience with the organisations that's got to be well received within a clinical environment. Your microphone still sounds fine, by the way, regardless of the, <laughs> the gaming microphone or not. Uh, but, but then just thinking to the point that you raised around solving problems that clinicians might face or healthcare providers might face this year, everyone's faced a lot of challenges, obviously, with mm-hmm. COVID-19. How is the last six or seven months been in working with health practices through COVID-19? It's been tough, I guess would be one word for it. I've seen a lot of emotions. So I've had lots of Friday night, Thursday night glasses of wine with practice owners over Zoom (laughs) who just need to unload and talk about what's happening in their business. It's been busy too. So we've had a lot of stimulus work to do. But what I've, I guess, seen is practice owners really riding that wave of ups and downs. So at the start, uncertainty about how things were going to play out from a business perspective. Of course, they had extra worries from a health perspective, but just from a business and finance perspective, that initial concern that then went into trying to adapt and change and how the operational thing's going to work in the business, Mm. uh, how was it spent? and investment into different technologies they needed in their business to adapt to changing circumstances going to work. And then I guess just that period sort of through the other side for not everybody in Australia, but for quite a few people saying, hey, we actually weathered that storm. We haven't sunk like the media told us we're going to and everything hasn't combusted. We're still here. Yes, the year was a bit of a WTF year, but we're here and you know we probably learned a lot from it. So it's been really interesting. I think personally, it's brought me a lot closer to many of my clients because we had to work together in a way that we wouldn't normally have done in a normal year Uh, and we had to hustle a bit and have meetings on weekends and when kids were running around and late night conversations and things like that so it was really different but almost in a way it was rewarding that side of it that I got to know my clients so well during that period. No that's really 
good. But not all accountants work like that though. Um, so like, you know, often it might be just the back end and working with a zero file and the and sending the occasional email, but talking about going through the problems with your clients as we and getting in there amongst it with them, it, it obviously speaks to your ethic and how you do things. So that must be well received generally. Given all of that that's happened, what do you think the challenges are that from a finance or an accounting perspective that Aussie practices are, are facing now? Like what's the vibe with speaking with clinicians these days? I would say there's a couple of camps. We have practices that, like, well, I guess it's like any business. There's people at different stages in their business life cycle uh, and with different problems. I do see that there is a widening gap between practices that may have a good business process or financial process in their practice and those that don't. And the ones that don't have for years been able to get away with it. It's been really easy to be a doctor or a dentist or or Mm. somebody and go make that transition from a practitioner into a business owner and just sort of keep operating. You'd have a good practice manager, you know, things would tick along behind the scenes And more and more year on year, that has changed because obviously margins are so slim, particularly in general practice. And uh, and then we're facing these other issues. And then there's a whole surge of digital options and things available to people. So there's really choices to be made. There's forecasting that needs to happen. There's business planning. I guess there's more work that needs to happen on that business side of your practice. And I do see practices struggling with that. And, and then I do also see people making knee-jerk decisions as well. And I think a good example of that was when most practices moved to telehealth and people didn't know what to do and how to operate their systems in their practice. They didn't know what technology to use. So there was decisions made that were ill-informed. And I can see a bit of unwinding of that now and people starting to try and make decisions about what's going to carry them through the next, you know, five years, 10 years, uh, and what's really going to work in the workflows of their practice. So I'm very much an advocate for running your medical practice like a fully-fledged business, the same as any other business would, making sure you've got set meetings, accountability, projections, a business plan. And I think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of owners. Yeah, I see. I understand. And what about when you work with them through those challenges? What's different about the way that you guys work at GrowthMD compared to, say, other accounting firms? We have a different way of working, which I think I alluded to a bit earlier. We're very transparent with the way we work what we require from you as our clients as well. So we're not just here to work in the background with no input or collaboration with you. We really need to work with you to get the best for both of us. Pretty transparent about fees, pricing, everything's fixed and upfront. And I think it's just a more value-add relationship than the, the typical old-fashioned relationship in that the people that I have in my team at GrowthMD, we're so nerdy. We all get off on loving talking to clients about business and really understanding and making sure things are done right. But we're also not casual, but we have such a relaxed take, I guess, on the relationships with our clients. I don't know why so many accountants operate in that conservative or if you want to speak to me, book a time and, you know, and and this is how it works and just that, I guess it's a little bit stodgy, I call it, Mm -hmm. uh, or old fashioned, you know, we're all people, we all have lives and we all have personalities and I think that's really great and it makes my job enjoyable being able to work with our clients like that. Yeah. Such a good culture to have and it must resonate and be quite refreshing for clients to work with too. I know generally my experiences with 
accountants generally aren't, you know, something that I'd see as a, I guess, no, no, I'm trying to think if any of my accountant, previous accountants would be listening to the podcast, but no disrespect <laughs> to previous accountants. But you guys have only been around for a couple of years as well. And it sounds like you've grown pretty quickly. Do you put it down to anything in particular in terms of your rapid growth? Well, I guess there's a few things. As I said, we started off with that small tight group who really championed us. And I guess because their experience were good, they really went to bat for us and and introduced new clients. Um, April Armstrong was amazing in our first six to 12 months in terms of referrals and helping us build our business. And that was because we'd worked together on mutual clients. I think it's the relationships I guess I have developed over the last couple of years as well. So in the last few months, we've been working a lot with Todd Cameron's Project X members. As I said, we worked with a lot of the BFD members, LinkedIn. A lot of people actually have come to us from LinkedIn and Hmm. it's really almost creepy. Not that any of my clients are creepy, (laughs) but people feel like they know me because I do a lot of video content and that. But it's actually a great start to the foundation because they know what I'm like and if I'm the right fit for them at the start because I'm not going to be the right fit for everybody and and I know that. So We were talking about that before this podcast is that we've both actually not spoken to each other directly but known each other has existed for a number of years and yeah I feel like we've had this conversation before but there you go Um, (laughs) the power of LinkedIn and the power of socials it it can be creepy if used incorrectly so then going back to the point around the use of technology within practices you know you touched on this a little bit before but if you've got clients clinics practice managers doctors whoever within their group they might have rolled out a telemedicine solution or purchased a bunch of really good webcams, whatever the result might be, now looking at it and taking stock. What generally is the advice that you guys provide or some of the advice you provide about the use of technology within their medical practices moving forward? We never claim to be advisors on the complete solution that covers both the financial and the clinical sides. But we do work with a lot of people that are really great in that area. So we've got that network to be able to have those joint conversations with people. Um, But what we do is, I guess, talk about a few areas. So if you have invested in a telemedicine solution, I would be wanting to know what return on investment you're getting in terms of is it working seamlessly for you in terms of the way you interact with patients, but also the financial side in terms of how payments are being made Mm. and the extra resources and work that's going into that? Because if you've taken up some sort of telehealth solution, but it's causing you issues in your back end, in your practice, taking your practice manager time, not reconciling payments, things like that, then that's all depleting your return on that investment. And you, you might be better off cutting your losses and looking for something else. So we have a lot of conversations about that. We have conversations about workflows a lot. So one thing I often see is people making decisions about changes to the way things operate in their practice or bringing in a new solution, but not actually addressing the underlying workflows. I always think it doesn't matter how great a product is, a tech product or a digital solution is, if you don't have the workflows to support it in your practice, it's going to fail. And that that goes for everything because as digital as you want to be, there is always a step with people involved. And when people don't understand their part of the process or how different things need to change to adapt to a new process, things fall over. So we see this a lot with financial sides of things where people say, great, I'm going to go and get zero and receipt bank and I'm going to hook on surgical partners and I'm going to use Cubico and I'm going to do all this. But then they don't adapt the way they act. They don't adapt the way their financial process is mapped out and those products are not then working to their full potential. 
Yeah, right. No, that's really interesting. And when you said before around those that have implemented a telehealth solution and then end up spending a lot of time trying to reconcile things, and I guess you as the accountants, you get to see the reality, the boring other end of the, not the salesy, glossy front end potential side. So what has, from a general sense, the way that telehealth has been received within practices, is it making things overly efficient from what you've seen or like, you know, more efficient than face-to-face ones? Or is it just something better than not seeing people at all? Or is there somewhere in between that you see that telehealth will be like a tool that's being used constantly in practices after this COVID-19? Yeah, look, I think it's definitely going to have a place in practices on a continuous basis. From the discussions I have with my clients is that they find telehealth generally more fatiguing and they don't like to operate on a purely telehealth basis. But that could, of course, come down to personal preference, geographic location, you know, what your family, home life situation is, all those sorts of things. So, look, I do see it having a place and I think that that's why uh, I sort of a bit passionate about people getting set up correctly and and Mm. making sure they're using the right solution, something that's integrated and something that creates efficiencies. Pete, we saw this similar thing with accountants earlier in the year when COVID-19 first hit and everybody started to work from home. So Mm. accountants weren't essential services. So offices closed all around Australia. And there was a surprisingly high number of accountants still on servers and not cloud-based. The tech that those accountants then adopted back then and the changes that they made to the IT infrastructure in their businesses were in a lot of cases quite rushed because they needed to make changes and mobilize their teams to work from mm-hmm. home. And um, there's a little bit of unwinding going on back yeah. on that now because accountants rushed out and subscribed to all these things and got the <laughs> IT guy in to do this and that. And now they're actually having to go back and revisit and make that into a longer term, more planned decision. Yeah. So I think um, similarly in health as, as in accounting, I think uh, a lot of people were caught unawares, which led to rush decision-making. Yeah, it's almost like a hyper trial period of let's get immersed in the technology and then hopefully everyone takes a, just starting to take a bit of a stock on what will work for them ongoing and find a happy medium. So yeah, I see that playing out too. Thinking if I was a clinician and running a practice and not a client of Growth MD, a clinician or a practice manager, someone working within a, a practice wanting to get a better handle of the books in the clinic, what are some simple things that they could be doing now, even before speaking to Growth MD or their accountant about what they should be doing? I think what everybody could benefit from doing is just having a financial framework or process in place. So that could be as simple as practice manager and practice owners meeting once a month and actually talking about finance related matters. Mm. That's as easy as a one hour conversation once a month. You would be surprised at how many practices, nothing like that happens. So even just starting those conversations, ideally, I always say that any sort of advisory work starts with a conversation. So you start with that conversation, then you can go, okay, well, but if we want to do that, we're going to need some more cash. Or if we want to do that, we're going to need more staff. And that inevitably leads to another conversation that says, okay, well, we need to plan out cash flow or we need to look at our staff in numbers, nurses to practitioners or whatever it might be. So I think just starting, even if it's just baby steps starting, having those discussions that then leads on, you know, continuous improvement is really important. So if you can do one thing better than you were doing last month or last year, like Mm. that is a great start in my opinion. Good advice. And to round things out in this conversation, Kelly, what's on the future for GrowthMD? What are you guys looking out for in the next three, six, 12 months? 
the last two years has been quite a growth period, as we talked about before. So I think we're going to head into more of a steady state now. We've got clients in different stages of their relationship with us. So some clients we're working with really intensively on their businesses and some are sort of coming out into a more of a steady state. So our clients are going to be our main focus. We'll probably will be taking on some more clients as we grow our team, but I don't think we will be growing quite as fast for the next the next couple of years. And look, we're going to do a lot more around advisory work and actually rolling out some more cohesive programs to our clients that bring in some of the external solutions and things available in the market as well. So yeah, exciting. I'm always looking for, for something new that we can do and how that we can do things better. So I'm sure there'll be lots of other things that happen in addition to that. Very cool. I'll put some details of Growth MD in the show notes of this episode and people can check out what you guys do and keep in touch and watch things progress and definitely should go check out you on LinkedIn and uh, join that group of weirdos that connect with you through that way. So, <laughs> But look, Kelly, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pete. It was great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.